Hi everyone, welcome back. Just kidding. Should that be my new intro that I just sing to you in a horrible way? Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm happy you're here. Welcome if you're new. Welcome. Uh, this is the perfect episode to come in on. I uh, have, I'm just so excited, you know? If you saw what the title is, you know. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh. As you can tell, I'm in a much better mood. Um, not that I was in a bad mood the last episode. Just a lot of things happened and I was still very overwhelmed. And I just wanted to talk about that book. And then, yeah, just everything happened. So today, clear mind, fresh atmosphere. We're all good to go. I've been talking to my sister about this book, The Fourth Wing. And she is like... Oh, she's, I would say she's a third of the way through it, but she's like, I'm going to finish it today or tomorrow. Like, don't even worry about it. I'm like, okay, good, because I'm coming to visit this tomorrow and we need to talk about it. And so we figured out what we're going to do is that this is basically going to be like part one. Um, I, I think I should be able to get through the whole book in this one episode, but I just want you to know that it's just going to be very like summarized. I'm not going to go into like a ton of detail because I'm going to do an episode with my sister for part two where we're just going to deep dive. We're going to talk about all the ins and outs and what we thought, what we felt. So um, if this is just the episode on if you feel like you don't have time to read Fourth Wing or you don't want to read Fourth Wing, and you just want to know like what the hype is about, this is the episode for you. There are going to be some spoilers, but I can't really help that, I guess, um, to be able to give you kind of like the summarized version. I'm not going to give you the very spoiler at the end. So if you know this book, you know like the big thing that happens at the very end. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what it is um, in this episode. But next episode, when I talk about it with my sister, oh, you can bet – we're going to deep dive into every single little thing. So that's where all the spoilers are going to be. So I just want to prepare you for that, just so that you're aware why there's a part one and part two. And then if I feel like this episode's getting too long, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, but if I feel like it's getting too long, I might um, also just skip the last part of this book. And uh, we can talk about it in the next episode. So... Uh, yeah, I did want to go over, do I want to tell you my to-be-read list right now? I guess I can, because it, it updates all the time. Um, so I'll just go over kind of like what's on my to-be-read list currently, just so, you know, keep you in the know. Um, right now, I have Captured by Erica Stevens. I know I said it last episode, but I still haven't started it yet, and that's the book that I'm supposed to talk to my mom and sister about, so I'll probably, like read it on the plane tomorrow when I head to Idaho. So I still have that. That's my top. I have to start, I actually have to start reading it today. <laughs> um, but according to my Amazon Prime, I read it in 2017. So um, I'm sure I will probably remember it as I go on. The next one is Dead in Breakfast by Emma Hart. It's a mystery romance, which I don't know if Emma Hart has ever done a, a mystery romance. Maybe she has. But I'm really excited about that because it's like a combination of genres like romance and mystery. And those are really entertaining. Kind of like how Verity was 
Verity was more kind of like a thriller mystery over like romance. I feel like romance was like a subgenre or like a, a, I don't know, it was just tacked onto it. So I'm excited to see how Dead and Breakfast is. Um, the next one is Ensnare by Rebecca Quinn. Um, and she, that one was just released. I'm really nervous about that because I think that it's a reverse harem with like five guys. Uh, so I'll keep you updated on that. I like Rebecca Quinn, so I'm like, I have to give it a chance. But again, it might be too much for me, but I'm willing to try. The next one is In the Likely Event, which this is by Rebecca Yaros. It was just released. And I don't think that it's a fantasy book. I did like her writing in this fourth wing, so I am going to read this one um, and just see how it is. And then the next one is The Hanging City by Charlie Holmberg. I don't really remember what it's about, but I mean, it looked interesting, so I put it on there. The next one is Serving the CEO by M.S. Parker. And then the next one is An Endless Escape by Kaven Herning, which this is the book two of Forbidden Fate, which I did an episode on the Forbidden Fate, and I loved it, and my sister loved it too. So I'm excited. I wasn't notified that book two had been released yet, so I didn't know. Uh, so I think this one is going to be on like the top of my list to read first. Um, I might need to reread the book one just to remember what all happened. So I am really excited to get back into that world because I remember really enjoying it. Okay, that's my to-be-read list. Let's get into the fourth wing um, and talk about this book kind of. I mean, just going to, again, give you the summary of it and... Um, yeah, it is all the hype on book talk and deservingly so. Um, I I don't know if I've talked about this before, but there was that book um, by Carissa Broadbend. It's called like The Wings and the Serpent or something like that. So I read that book and I didn't really like it. And then it got big hype on book TikTok. I didn't understand like why it was getting such hype. Um, and so I was kind of nervous about this one because this fourth wing became a really big hype and everyone loved it. And I was like, what if it's the same situation? Like, I, I don't know. So that's why I kind of put it off. Um, but I, I really did hope that it was, it was going to be just as good as I wanted it to be and what people were saying. And it was like, I was instantly hooked. And, um, you know, that that's, that's for like, Within the first couple chapters, if I'm not hooked, then I have a hard time continuing to read. So it's like critical for someone to hook me within the first few chapters. And this, it did it. Like they, uh, Rebecca Yarrow's really worked wonders. And this was a beautiful book and perfect and everything I wanted in a fantasy. And it also reminded me of a, a quite a few different books that I've read before. And I'll talk about it with my sister because I think she remembers the titles of what we've read, but there are like dragon books too. Um, so yeah, this was a very kind of familiar outline of this book and I just, I really liked it. I really, really liked it. I liked the characters and, and just kind of found family type thing. And, um, it was great. So let's get right into this because we have lots to talk about. This is a dragon book, fantasy, dragon, uh, romance. Um, it uh, Spicy level? I would say it's like a three. Like there's like a couple scenes of toast, 
but it's just like so anticipated for and so like you're just waiting for them to just like be together and you're like oh so the tension is really there and it's just it's really great um my sister we were talking about um how we wanted to do the couple episodes and she was like okay we got to make sure that mom is not in the room when we talk about the book because we are going to try and get my mom to read this book because she's read like similar books to it and she really enjoyed it so we're like we have to get her to read this because we really do think that she would like it so she's like we got to make sure mom's out of the room which is going to kind of be impossible because my mom she loves spending time uh with us when i mean she loves spending time with us in general um but especially when i come and visit like i never have any room from her which is great and i enjoy spending time with my mom but she's like I want to be right next to you. I uh, like don't want to let you go. Like you can't get out of my eyesight. And I'm like, okay, so we'll see how this goes. Um, okay, sorry, I put it off. Um, let's see. So yes for mother and sister standard. Before I I do get into this, absolutely yes for them. And if you are able to, this is on the list of books that you have to read. Like, not just the, oh, let's talk about it. Oh, you can listen, which, yes, please listen to the podcast episode. But, like, if you have a chance to read this and you like fantasy, you like dragons, you like romance, you like all three of those, this is it. Like, please, I just want you to pick this up. And it's it's so good. Um, Okay, so we're getting right into it. It is not based in, like, this world. It's a whole world that was created for this book. Um, obviously, because it has like dragons and everything. So in this world, uh, when an individual reaches 20 years old, um, they are able to go into a quadrant and go to like the Basquith War College. Um, they can be healers, scribes, infantry, or riders. And they've had this college for hundreds of years because they've been having like invasions attempts of the the kingdom next to them. And so, um, which we'll go into kind of like the geography there. Um, so it was the day of, they call it conscription day. And um, there's thousands of 20 year olds just waiting outside the gates to the college um, to get into their chosen quadrant for service. Um, they're the smartest and strongest in Navarine, which it sounds like people don't have to go to this college. Like they can be like regular farmers or like any sort of skill. They can do that. But if you want to go into this, then you have to go through this college. So um, the conscription day is basically like you go into the quadrant that you want to that you've been studying for and you basically have to show them like um like a trial almost like hey I'm here for this I want to try in to get into this quadrant um these are the tasks that you have to go through basically um and they've yeah again they've been doing it for hundreds of years um because there's been violent invasions um, and so they're in this family. So Violet is the main uh, female character, and she has a sister, Mira, and a brother, Brennan. And Brennan died about five years ago, and Mira is a dragon rider, and she is like higher up in the army. And their mom is the general, I want to say. She's like right underneath the whole big general guy. 
um, he's like, yeah, over all of the army, she's like second in command. I'm pretty sure she's a general. I don't know why I forgot that. Um, so it's a day of conscription, and Violet is packing everything, getting ready, and Mira is there, and she's basically arguing with their mom, saying, like, Violet has spent her whole life training to become a scribe. Like, she wasn't raised to be a writer because um, their dad wanted Violet to be a scribe, and so he taught her how to be a scribe, and uh, she's been doing that. And then I think their dad died like a year before maybe. Um, he just kind of like dwindled or he like went into a downward spiral when their brother died. And so Violet has only like been training to be a scribe up until like six months ago because their mom was like, no, you're a daughter of a writer. You're 20 years old. Today's conscription day. Like I let you finish your tutoring. But like I told you last spring, I will not watch, watch one of my children enter the scribe quadrant. And so they're basically bickering back and forth. And Violet's like, I had six months to train to be a writer. This is what's going to happen. I'm most likely going to die. It is what it is. And um, their mom is very standoffish. Like, she's not a great mom, it sounds like. She's very much, like, duty only. Like, I don't want to be a mom, basically. And since their brother has died, like, no one has really mentioned him or his dragon in, like, the five years um, since they did die fighting the rebellion in the South. Um, and so this is a, a little bit of the geography. So there's Navarine, which is, you could say it's like a country. So there's like two countries in, or a continent. Yeah, two countries in the continent, I guess. Two kingdoms, they call it. And they've been at war for 400 years. So Navarine is one of the kingdoms. This is where we're currently located. It's like the larger kingdom, and it has six unique provinces in it. Um, so I guess you could say like states within that kingdom. And um, there's Tirandor, which is their southmost and like largest province. It shares a border with one of the provinces from the other kingdom. So there's Navarine, which is a kingdom, and there's Poramel, which is a kingdom. And yeah, they've been warring against each other for 400 years. Um, and so Navarine, which is the kingdom that they're in, the six provinces, they send this year's basically sheriff candidates for military service. Some volunteer and some are sentenced as a punishment. Most are conscripted, which I kind of know what that means I'm still kind of like unsure I want to say like they're like trained up into it or like they've been assigned since they've been young that's kind of like the vibe that I get I don't know if it's correct I'll have to ask my sister what she thinks that means or maybe I just need to reread that part again um but the, the only thing that they all have in common, like the volunteer, the punishment, the conscripted people, the only thing they have in common is that they had to pass an entrance exam, both written and agility test. Um, and once they get into kind of like the doors of the war college, um, the candidates have to go through certain tests to really like become an actual candidate. So like 
They were saying the infantry candidates can just walk straight into their like ground level quadrant, but the rider candidates, they have to climb and not everyone makes it up. So they make it like really difficult. So think of like, um, what's that movie? Uh, where not the hunger games. Um, I'm sure you're thinking about it, but it has like, oh my gosh, what is it called? Divergent. That's what it's called. Divergent. Think of it like that. Um, where she has to like run along with like the candidates and jump from the train and do kind of an agility thing um, to get into that uh, section. So think of it that way. And um, when she gets into there, she's kind of like getting ready to do this climb or see what they need to do the next steps. And um, she's there with her sister. Her sister takes her to the college and she tells her like, hey, um, she sees kind of like this uh, shimmering mark on someone and her sister's like, yep, that's a separatist kid. Like that shimmering mark that starts on the top of their wrist. It's a relic from the rebellion. And um, most of the time relics are like a symbol of honor and power and generally in the shape of the dragon who gifted it to them. So when they bond with a dragon, they get this relic. Um, but the kids, most of the, the kids who have the rebellion relic um, are from their parents. So like the, their parents did this rebellion and in order to punish them, like they basically kill all the parents and to punish the children still in the next generations, they give them this rebellion, like shimmering mark. And so people know like, oh, they're from Tyrandor, uh, the people that rebelled, like basically they're outcasts still. And they didn't, like the, the kids or the separatist kids, they didn't have a choice on what quadrant they want to go to. They all have to go to be a rider quadrant, basically as like a punishment because so many don't get through. Like there's so many deaths trying to be a rider. And also like there's only a certain amount of dragons that decide to bond that year. And so they could like not get a bond too. So um, when they get there, they're getting all ready. Her sister also leans over and says, like, stay the hell away from Zayden Rorson. And they, like, look over and violent, violent, a violet can instantly tell who he is because he's beautiful, just gorgeous, just the best jawline, just dark and handsome. And oh my gosh, like, I... Who did I imagine as him? I'll have to look up who I imagine and then talk about it with my sister because he, he's gorgeous in my mind. Um, so his father was, they call him the great betrayer. He led the rebellion. And so, yeah, all the children of the leaders were conscripted as punishment for their parents' crimes. Um, and she, she describes him as the most exquisite man she's ever seen. Um, and he, they kind of like encounter each other after sister leaves and he just kind of like glares at her and he is like, well, your mother captured my father and oversaw his execution. And she's like, well, your father killed my older brother. So it seems like we're even, so they already have that banter going like the hate, like the enemies to lovers. And she just knows like he wants to like kill her. Like, she just can feel it. They just, like, don't get along. And I'm like, oh, that's my favorite part. 
Um, and then her sister tells her to find Dane, which Dane and Vi- Violet. Why? Can't, why do I keep wanting to say Violet? Probably because later on she gets the nickname of Violence. Uh, but Violet and Dane have been best friends since they were little, and he's like a year above her, so he's a second year. And her sister tells her, like, find Dane, like, he'll look after you, like, you guys have been best friends, like, everything's good. And so Dane is the leader for the second squad, Flame Section, Second Wing. So I don't know, <laughs> like, what all the sections there are. I'm get there are four wings, maybe, uh, obviously, because the fourth wing. So yeah, first wing, second wing, third wing, fourth wing, maybe a fifth wing. I don't know how many wings, honestly. Um, but yeah, he's a second year and he is a squad leader. Um, and you'll, I guess only get to be a squad leader as a second year if like you're exceptional. So obviously he's doing good. Um, and then everyone else is simply like a cadet before the threshing, which the threshing is when the dragons choose who they bond with. And then, so they're a cadet before the threshing. Once they bond, then they're a rider afterwards. And even if you survive the threshing, there's no guarantee a, a dragon will bond for you. So literally every step of the way, someone could die. They have so many deaths. Like every morning they do like an announcement of the people that have died that day. It's really sad. Um, so she is able to be put into Dane's squad and he has um, a wing leader. So the squads have a wing leader over them. And once they kind of all settle into like their squads, they're told that their squad is going to be moving to a different wing. And it, they're moving to the fourth wing, which is Zayden's wing. So they were in, I don't remember what wing they were in, but yeah, so automatically she's going to be under his wing, and I think he influenced that. So uh, he, Dane tells her, like, hey, Zayden wants you dead. Like, it's pretty common knowledge along the leadership after yesterday. Um, and he moved the squad so that he had a direct line to her. Uh, so basically he can do whatever he wants and no one will question a thing. Like, that's, she's his revenge against her mother. Um. So we have that, which is kind of crazy. Um, and once a candidate has a threshing, they bond with a dragon, they're a rider, they get basically a power or like a, a skill, like um, what do they call it? Um, a signet. We can talk about that in a minute. But they, um, they're able to channel their dragon's power. So Dane can read a person's recent memories. Um, but dragons are the only animals capable of channeling powers to the riders. So griffins from Poramel, they can share that ability, but dragons are the only ones capable of powering the wards that make all of the other magic, um, but their own impossible within the borders. So they keep up these borders between the two kingdoms and the dragons channel that so that no other magic except for the dragons can happen within their kingdom. So they have the dragons, the other kingdom has their griffins, um, and they've, they've been at war with each other. So she gets through her little candidate thing, like, um, they have to climb this thing and do all these like obstacle courses. So she makes it through 
There's multiple deaths. She, I guess, there's this guy, I think his name is Jack. He is just already a douchebag and hates her. We don't know why, um, but he's just so rude. He, like, tries to kill her already, and she knocks him out. A- anyway, it's, it's whatever. Um, so a couple days in, she is trying to find different poisons because they have to go through, like, these squad games and fight against other people, and, like, anything goes when they, like, fight other cadets. And so she's like, well, I'm not very strong. I'm pretty feral. Like, I have to figure out a way to um, beat these people. And before she left her sister, like, her sister left her at the college, she gave her this book that their brother had given um, Mira before, like, he died with all these tips and tricks on how to get through the college. And so Mira gave that to Violet and um, so at the beginning of each chapter, you can see like an excerpt from different books, um, and people, but mostly from his like journals. And so he said, like, you can do basically like find a way to win against these people that you have to fight. And so, um, she is up in a tree trying to find like these different poisons and she freezes because she can hear these voices and all of a sudden like this group of people are there and they all have um they all have the the mark of the rebellion and so it's these kids or these people and they're all dressed in black cloaks they like shake hands they have the rebellion relics and she's like there's almost two dozen of these and so they don't really she can't really hear what they're saying Um, But once they leave, she, like, gets down from the tree, and then she, like, freezes because all of a sudden she hears Zayden's voice, and he's, like, Sorengale, which is her last name, and yanks back her hood, and uh, she's, like, your signet is a shadow wielder, so he can wield shadows, and he kept himself in the shadow while she got down. So that's, I guess, what it's called, their signet. Um is like their powers or whatever so she's already on his radar like she spied and he's like well are you gonna tell anyone she says no so he's like okay well I basically owe you now um so yeah they have these fighting matches um and he the brother tells her the trick in this book that if you know where to look you can get out without being seen you'll know who you're fighting so you can prepare so she's able to find this board that the teachers have that she can see the day like the day before she can see the next day's uh fighting uh lineup and so that's when she starts to like kind of slowly poison her opponents not really poison but affect them so that she can beat them And then she gets a job in, like, the kitchen, so then she can put these, like, poisons into their foods. And so she's being very strategic about it, which is cool. Um, And then, yes, okay, so I mentioned a signet earlier. So those are the result of, like, a unique chemistry between, like, the rider and the dragon. And, um, like, the stronger the bond and the more powerful the dragon, the stronger the signet. So they get this... Let's see. What is it? So once they are bonded with their dragon, they get this relic. But once the dragon has deemed their person, their rider, like worthy for their power, 
they get this signet um, to be able to channel the power of the dragon. So they don't get that signet for uh, quite a while, it seems like. And if they are, they don't get it by like the three or four month mark, then thing bad things could happen. Like they could combust or like they could lose control of like the power when it all of a sudden comes out. Like it basically builds up. So that's just like a, a little like side note. And while she's here, Dane is annoying me. Like he is so like trying to be so protective of her. Like, hey, I can get you out. Like, let's get you over to the scribe quadrant. Like, I've I've changed this. I've changed this. Like, let's get you out. Like, I don't think you can like cut it here. Like, I I wanted to get you out of danger. Like, I saw a way. And she's like, no, you went behind my back because you think I'm not cutting it. Like, he's like, I swear, like, I don't think I never said that you can't cut it. So basically, they're, like, fighting. We don't like him in general. Um, he's just kind of a shady guy. And so they're kind of fighting. Uh, and they are all working towards what it's called the gauntlet. So they're doing these squad games. They're fighting. They're getting themselves physically ready um, so that they can, like, fight on the ground and just be basically a warrior so they then have to go through the gauntlet um which is the cliff that guards the veil and the veil is basically the valley where the dragons are held or they live or whatever and reside um and they call it the gauntlet which a gauntlet is like an armored glove made of metal so it's very, very slippery, and I guess the name stuck about, like, 20 years ago. So there's a lot of death as these candidates are going up this gauntlet. And so she has her little team. She's made some really good friends, and they all make it, uh, which is a surprise because a lot of people die. So they climb up this gauntlet. Um, they have these squad games. They're placed 11th out of 36 in the squads. So I think that means that they can go like 11th through the threshing. Maybe I'm lying about that. Um, so did they did the gauntlet. They're able to make it to the veil. Then they go through the threshing. So the threshing, um, I don't know if it's, I think it's right before the threshing. They have to walk through the veil and they all line up in single file line and the dragons are on either side of them. And basically, they can scope out the candidates, and the cadets can scope out the dragons, basically see which one that they want to try and bond with, and if they hear their voices or anything like that. So it's like a really big deal because these dragons are very temperamental. And someone told her that there's a feather tail that's going to be in this lineup of dragons but the feather tails don't bond they're like a type of dragon and the last time people don't remember the last time that one has been seen outside the veil um and so they're thinking that maybe it's just curious and so they tell them like hey feel free to look at the dragons especially if they're showing off their tails but don't make eye contact with them if you value your life. And if you come across like a scorch mark, just make sure there's nothing currently on firing before continuing along. So basically these dragons can tell if there's like a weak candidate, if they don't like the candidate or personality, and they can just basically kill them right then. So it's like pretty, uh, I mean, it, it's extreme. <laughs> so they're all walking along. They tell them to have like, 
conversations with the people in front of them and behind them, just kind of casually talking so the dragons can get um, a sense of, like, their temperament um, and who they are, really. And so they're walking, they're talking, and then at the end of the line, there's a small golden dragon. And it's, it's very, you can tell it's very young, and it has a feathered tail around its body. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's, it's the feathered tail. And so um, they walk through the dragons. I think they can walk through like a second time. So they all gather um, at the very end before they walk through again. And... Um, her friend Rianne and asks her, like, which one are you going for? And they all kind of talk about which dragon that they're going for. Um, and so as they go through a second time, Violet is like, okay, now I've come across every color of dragon. None of them has spoken to me or given me a sense of, like, connection. We're supposed to feel like I don't know what to do, basically. Um, and so I think it's, like, later that day or the next day. I'm not sure, like, the timeline. But they are put into the veil to find their dragon. Um, so they basically can go and find which dragon they want to, like, fight for. Um, if they do have to fight the dragon or if the dragon talks to them or, like, it depends on how the dragon feels, like, how they want to bond with their rider. And so there's that bully, Jack, he oh I just hate him so much so Violet overhears him like they all kind of like start like trying to find the dragon she overhears him with a group of people saying like we need to go and find that golden dragon we need to kill it like it's a hazard like it can't even hold a rider like we need to just basically put it out and Violet is like no like I have to get there first I have to warn it like he can't do this and so she um they find the golden dragon and she like stands in front of the golden dragon basically saying like you need to fly off you need to fly and she fights jack and this group of people and so she's like fighting them and zayden shows up he can't interfere or anything but he can like kind of talk her through what to do and so she's fighting these people and then all of a sudden she hears a, a voice in her head um, saying, step aside, silver one. And she's like, what? So she turns around, and standing with the golden one, like the golden dragon, is an enormous scarred black wing with the biggest dragon that she's ever seen. And the unbonded black dragon that one of the professors showed them in class. And it's huge, absolutely huge. And she's like, oh, shiz, he just spoke to me. And she's like, me? And he's like, yes, you move. I think he kills a couple of the people that are trying to go against her. And one of the guys is unconscious. And the dragon is like, you should kill him. Like, end the enemy at your feet. And she's like, I can't kill an unconscious man. And the dragon's like, he would kill you if given the chance. And she's like, well, that's a statement of his character and not mine. And that's when the golden one, like, bends down, flexes, like, launches into the sky. And the black dragon is like, get on. And she's like, no, 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 no. You don't want me. Like, I, I am not for the, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you again. Get on my back. And so she, like, tries to climb him. She has a hard time. He, like, helps her. And he tells her his name, which is, like, Tarnia. It's, like, a really long name. He's, like, I'm not going to assume you're going to remember that name. Just call me Tarn. So this black dragon, Tarn, he hadn't agreed to bond this year. 
but because like the golden dragon came out he is basically like her protector like the golden dragon's protector and so he's like well i guess i'm i'm bonding this year he hadn't been seen in the last five years like his rider died in the rebellion which i didn't realize i mean obviously because i had been reading this book just barely just barely is that these dragons have had multiple riders if their their rider had died. Um, so usually, like, they're bonded for life. So if a dragon dies, then their rider dies. But if a rider dies, the dragon doesn't die. They're just kind of, like, sad and depressed because they had that bond. So some of these dragons have had multiple riders. And this black dragon, Tarn, his rider died in the rebellion trying to save um, Brennan, actually, like Violet's brother. And so Tarn already kind of knows about her and he felt that bond because she like protected the gold one. He like could see her soul or her life or whatever. Um, and he is like, why are you so surprised? And she's like, sorry, I, I honestly didn't think I'd make it this far. Um, and he's like, I didn't think I would either. So we have that in common. Um, and she asked him, like, why did you choose me? Um, I have to know because as soon as we land, like, people are going to ask questions. And he basically says, like, because you saved her, like, you're the smartest of the year, the most cunning. You defended the smallest with ferocity and the strength of courage is more important than physical strength. Um, since you apparently need to know when we land. And so she's like, oh, my gosh. Okay, so she lands with all the other dragons and the candidates and everyone's like, oh. <gasps> oh my gosh, like, this is Tarn, like, he is legend, and so they have to go to, uh, this basically, uh, scroll person to, like, mark it in history, uh, for the record, and so she, like, stands in line, she gets up to them, and, um, the lady's, like, for the record, like, please tell me the name of the dragon who chose you, so she tells him Tarn, and then she hears another voice, and it's the little gold dragon, and she says, Anne and Darna. Um, and she's like, tell the role keeper her name. And so Violet does. She says, Anne and Darna. And the scroll keeper's like, both dragons? And then all hell like, breaks loose because no one in the history of ever has bonded with two dragons. And so the general is there, like her mom is there with the general. And like they go into a big leadership meeting because they're like, someone like they can't have two dragons like what's gonna happen and Tarn is uh, basically tells Violet like nothing about who dragons chooses up to humans like dragons are the like they have authority over everything so they can't decide either way um so you're gonna be bonded and at one point he like has to leave or something and Tarn tells her like stay close to the wing leader until we return and she's like, oh, he probably meant the squad leader. And he's like, no, you heard what I said. So the wing leader is Zayden, you know. And he's like, you heard what I said. And we find out that Tarn and Skyle, Skyle, I don't know how to say these dragon names. So Scale, no, where am I getting the C? It's like S-G-A-E-Y-L. Scale. Scale. <laughs> 
I don't I've ever made. Okay, so tarn and scale. I'm just going to say scale. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I just for some reason cannot say this name. Um, they are mated pairs. So they're the strongest bonded pair in centuries. So these two dragons are mated. And the girl dragon, her rider is Zayden. So it's like all four of them are basically bonded because mated pairs can't be separated for a long time or their health diminishes. So they're always stationed together, which like always, which means, you know, they're going to be basically together their whole lives. Um, They can only be away from each other maybe like three days. And Tarn's bonds, they're so powerful both to the mate and the rider because he's so uh, powerful and losing his last rider nearly killed him which nearly killed his mate scale i'm really i'm sorry i'm gonna call her scale um so mated pairs their lives are like in interdependent it said um and each time a dragon chooses a rider that bond is stronger than the last which means if she dies if violet dies it sets off a chain reaction of events that potentially ends in Zayden dying too. So he's like, we basically have to stay together. Like, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to um, have my friend Liam basically be your bodyguard because the unbonded, like people that didn't bond with a dragon, they can stay for another year or however long until they bond with a dragon. Um, the unbonded are going to try and kill her in hopes that Tarn will bond with them. Because um, she hasn't gotten the signet, I think it's called, like the powers. So basically it's free game still. So if someone kills her, Tarn can decide to bond with another person. And so with Tarn being one of the strongest dragons on the continent, the vast power he channels like is about to be hers. Um, And so, yeah, so that's a big deal. She's kind of in shock still. Um, during this, like, right after, like, Dane kisses her, and she was like, this is everything I ever wanted, blah, 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 except, mm, I don't want it anymore. This is when she starts to really, like, have feelings for Zayden, and, and want to be around him, and, yeah, so she's, like, crushing hard, and she's like, well, I thought I wanted to be with Dane, but, you know, I don't feel that anymore. Um, so the morning after the threshing is always, like, a cluster because there's like power balances like they shift and she is about to be like the most powerful rider in the quadrant so anyone literally with common sense is going to like be scared of her um so there okay this is where it says like the relic your dragons transfer onto you at the threshing is the conduit to let all that magic into their body so if you don't manifest a signet and let it out then after a bunch of months like bad things happen so that's what that's what happened they get the relic first and then um and then it it becomes a signet when the dragons realize that they're ready um that night she is actually attacked in the middle of the night and she almost dies like tarn isn't there around her he's in the veil and he speaks in her mind like he's almost there he's almost there and she's like who like who's almost here like i can't breathe i can't think one of the guys yells like finish her uh, he'll only respect us if we finish her. And she realizes, like, they're after Tarn. And all of a sudden, everyone is frozen in place except for her. And um, that's when or Zayden comes in. He opens the door, and that's when f- uh, time freezes except for her. And she realizes, like, Adarna in her head is like, 
feathers tails shouldn't bond because they accidentally give their powers to humans dragons can't channel not really until they're big but we're all born with something special so basically adarna is still a hatchling and she has to be careful with her powers which is like the time stopping power um but because like violet was about to die adarna uses her powers to get violet out of there and so she's able to get out and then time resumes um and adarna she's very like exhausted from using her powers i think honestly like she no she didn't accidentally give her yes she did with this um she actually accidentally gives this power to violet but violet is not going to use it she's not going to tell anyone um because like they hatchlings are very sacred to the dragons and so they're not supposed to know um about this like power transfer because it could really hurt them and that's why bonding too young um, allows them to give their gift directly and a rider could easily drain them and burn them out um, so yeah she's able to get out honestly Xander kills all those people that uh, were in the room with her trying to kill Violet so they kind of like um, bond through that they're closer and they start to have feelings, more feelings for each other. So after everything, um, they did the threshing. They have gone through, like, trainings. They have constant trainings with, like, the dragons and riding and fighting, all this stuff. And then they go through squad battles, which they're told, like, um, not only will the winners of this year's squad battle receive bragging rights, but they'll also be given a trip to the front lines to shadow an active wing. Um, which I guess is a big thing. I wouldn't think that that is a prize, but it's whatever. Um, and so something happens that she, Violet, like, holds her temper. She controlled it. And that's when Tarn says, like, hey, you held your own. You controlled your temper. Your temper, she's ready. And Adarna is like, yep, she's ready. And so that night... Um, Violet starts to feel this power come into her body and she doesn't know how to like let it out yet or anything but she can start to feel the power and the channeling of the power that um, that Tarn has given her and that's also the night when her and Zayden kiss and get kind of like frisky with each other so at one point she also sees on the leaderboard for the next day that Jack Barlow is finally going to be allowed to challenge her because I guess he hasn't been from what it says. He's just a really bad guy and, like, wants to kill her. And so he's been asking, yeah, since the first day. So he's going to challenge her. And she's like, Zayden, you can't step in no matter what. And she, through different conversations that she's had about Jack and what she's heard, she knows that he's allergic to oranges. So she has that um, into her head. And she fights Jack, and it almost kills her. She suddenly, like, she has this vial of oranges, like orange juice or whatever, shoves in his mouth. Um, he's not dead. He gives out, basically. <coughs> and she falls into nothingness, like, takes over, shows she's super hurt. And Zayden is really mad about that. And he's like, I'm taking over all of this, like, your bodyguard, everything where it comes to you, I'm going to train you. I'm going to just be there for whatever you need. Like, we have to get you ready. Um, and he, like, pushes her. 
so he helps her with everything. So then it comes to the squad battles, which they break into their squads and they have to accomplish a unique mission uh, without their leadership and instruction from like the squad leaders. So their mission uh, is to find and acquire uh, the one thing that would be most advantageous to their enemies regarding the war effort. Um, and so Violet is like, we have to break into my mom's office. And they're like, oh my gosh. So they do. And they haul the map down. So there's this map in her mom's office that shows where all the troops are, where all the wing leaders, just everything is. And so they take that map. And, um, and they win, obviously. And so their prize is a week-long tour of the forward post. And they have to fly for like six hours. And um, they like... I think at this point, or is this what it is? No, let's see. They are able to go to one of the the outposts where her sister is, which is really cool, and they're there for a couple days, but I don't think this is the war games yet. Maybe squad battles? I don't know. I get kind of f- confused with, like, the timeline of things. Um but this is where they find out that uh, they can only be away from each other for three days. So Zayden like follows them to this outpost um, with her sister and everything. Um, so then it comes to the final squad battle, I guess. And this is where uh, they like fight another squad. I think they, I don't know if they fight all the squads. It's like, capture the flag it sounds like and so jack goes after her and is he's like killing trying to kill her like squad and he's just like a really violent person and he's like about to kill liam which liam is like her stand-in bodyguard or whatever he's very close friends with all of them um he's one of the rebellion kids he um is like really good friends with satan anyway she's like I can't save him. Like, we have to stop time. There's, like, this thing that happens. Um, and so she's like, Adarna, like, how how do I do this? And the dragon's like, do it. Like, focus on everything except for you and Tarn. Um, like, freeze them. And so she does. And, and so she freezes them. And she also gets really angry. And she can feel the power. And, and she's like, I'm the sky and the power of every storm that's ever been. I am infinite. And then uh, she screams, and lightning splits the sky and uh, splits the tower that Jack was on, and he falls down the mountainside with an avalanche of rock. So then Tarn, like, basically roars with, like, a lot of pride, and he's like, you're a lightning wielder, which I'm like, that's sick. That is so sick. Like, she can control lightning. Um, I love that. And so... Yep, they win that. I'm pretty, yes, they win the squad battles, like all of it. They come in first um, because there's like different rankings and stuff. And so um, during this time, waiting for them to go to like the, their prize or whatever, um, her and Zayden, of course, get closer and she sees like his back and he has all these scars. And she's like, what are these for? And he's like, well, I take personal responsibility for the loyalty of 107 kids the rebellion leaders left behind, and in return, we're allowed to fight for our lives in the writer's quadrant instead of being put to death like our parents. 
So I chose the chance of death over certainty. So if any of them betray the Navarine, Navar, whatever their kingdom is, then his life is forfeit. So the scars are the reminder. So he has 107 scars on him. And yeah, if any of the children like do anything bad, like his life is forfeit, which is a lot like it just it's heavy. Um, and so he finds he finds a letter or not he sorry Violet um, she still kind of goes to the scribe quadrant and researches and does like library duty like she helps and in um, she's able to find her book of fables which her dad would always read to her and uh, her sister had it and so gives her the book or whatever and she finds this letter to her to Violet from her dad that says, by the time you find this, you'll most likely be in the scribe quadrant. Remember that folklore is passed from one generation to the next to teach us about our past. If we lose it, we, we lose the links to our past. It only takes one desperate generation to change history, even erase it. I know you'll make the right choice when the time comes. You always have been the best of both your mother and me. Love, Dad. So she's like, you know, my dad got a little cryptic in the end, like after Brennan died, like losing my brother um, made him more reclusive. I only really got to spend time with him because I was always in the archives studying to be a scribe. Um, and so she like shares that with Zayden. And as they're getting toasty, um, I don't know if it's like the second or third time that night, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's when they get a knock on the door and it's Garrick, who's the right hand man of Zayden. And he's like, hey, Grab your flight letters. We're under attack. Um, they're like, what? And so they all like gather. Um, basically, it was a drill uh, to see how fast everyone could get ready. And when they like get into formation, um, they're like, okay, now it starts. They're, we're going to be doing uh, the war games. And they're like, okay. Oh, that's what it is. Sorry. I, I now realize... So their prize was to go to the outpost with her sister. That was their prize that they had, like, the week long. So they were there. Everything is good. That's what it is. Okay, so this is now the war games, which they are basically reenacting, like, these situations um, at war, going against other squads, or they have, like, other... Uh, like trained leaders going against the different squads. You know what I'm saying? So just like reenacting or like testing them. Um, so they are able to go to the front lines. Um, and before they go, uh, Dane wants to say goodbye. Uh, oh, she thinks that she's still in like Zane's squad, I guess. And so she's like, I'm going to go say goodbye. And Zane's like, no, no, no. If you're saying goodbye, it's to him. Like, I'm constructing my headquarters squad, and you're coming with me. So are Liam and Imogen. So she was with, she was still in the squad with Dane, but then Zayden was like, nope, I'm putting you in this squad with me. So she's going with him. They're going to the front lines where they are. Okay, so this is when, <laughs> like, things kind of start getting crazy. Um, and honestly, we're almost to the hour mark of this podcast. So I don't think I'm going to continue. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, this is where things start to happen, really. Um, and twists happen, turns happen. Um, they, she's tested, she's told truths, um, 
<laughs> yeah, as I continue going, yeah, there's just a lot that happens. So I'm going to be that person. I mean, I kind of warned you at the beginning, but yeah, if you want to know what happens in the last fourth of the book, stay tuned to the next episode. Because, yeah, it's intense. Like, the the book leading up to this is very good, very entertaining. You're more focused on the relationship. But now it turns to what's happening in the world and the twists and turns with the world and things happen. And, um, yeah, it just is very intense. And then the very ending, like, the very last line is insane. And there's surprises. But yeah, I'm going to be that person. So now you know kind of the the ins and outs of the world, um, just like little snippets of it so that you kind so that you know what we're going to be talking about in the next episode and why it's going to be crazy. So this was just more of a informational dump, you could say, um, and gets you to where the point where we're really going to deep dive in. You know what I'm saying? So anyways, I love you guys. You are so great. Follow me on threads because I am in this like book world with these people and I love it so much. Like I am commenting on people's threads. They're commenting on mine. We're doing book recommendations. Just I live on threads right now. So follow me on there. It's the find me in a book podcast uh, Instagram. Um, That's where I have it all hooked up to. So I... I'm so, I'm so excited for this book. I'm excited to go to Idaho tomorrow. Um, I'm just excited to just talk about books with my mom and sister. Like, I've been talking about books with uh, the husband a little bit, but he doesn't really know. And of course, online I can, but it's different when you can talk to someone in person about it. Like, honestly, I went to Dutch Bros the other day and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to be doing my podcast. And they're like, oh my gosh, we love reading romance books. So I talked to them a little bit about some books. Like I talked to them about The Fourth Wing and there were some other books. Yeah. While I was in the drive-thru and it was just so like, oh, it just made me so happy because I don't really have that to talk to someone so like, I don't know, in person about books. Like I can call my sister and we can talk about it. Um, which is great. And then I did go to Barnes and Noble and um, there was this girl that had this pile of books and she had the last two books of the Crave series. And I was like, girl, have you read those? And she's like, no, I haven't. I just binged the other books. And I was like, you are in for a treat. Like I was able to recommend some other books for her too, but it just like made my day. I loved it so much that they, they like asked me for recommendations and I was like, this am I living my dream right now yes I am I literally this is my dream job and it makes me so happy so I'm grateful that you're listening I'm grateful that you're here stay tuned for the next couple episodes they're going to be so so great and I'm just really excited to keep going so I again apologize that this is uh I that was the stopping point but it just seemed right you know it just seemed right so anyways cliffhanger I'm all about cliffhangers no just kidding I hate cliffhangers but anyways follow me on all the social medias and I will talk to you later